An ancient maxim in the church says, the Son of God became man so that men might become sons of God. In his incarnation, the Son of God took on our human nature. He became our brother. And since he became our brother, he made God our father. And that's what we heard in the second reading from Galatians today. It said, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to ransom those under the law so that we might receive adoption. So because of the human birth of the Son of God, you and I are adopted sons and daughters of God the Father. God is your Father now. And this is a message which we've heard so often, but which is so difficult for us to comprehend that the Galatians continue saying, as proof that you're children, as proof. So God recognizes, look, you're not going to be able to comprehend this. It's too good to believe. So as proof, and then he sends us proof. It says, as proof that you're children, God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So the Father sends the Holy Spirit into our hearts to convince us of this incomprehensible truth that we are now beloved sons and daughters of God. So the, the Holy Spirit bears witness from within, testifies within, and cries out from the depths of our being, Abba, Father. Paul concludes this argument of good news saying, so you're no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir. So because Christ made himself our brother, God has become our father and we're co-heirs with Christ. What belongs to Christ now belongs to us. You know, a few years ago I was uh, backpacking with other missionaries and we were up in the Adirondack Mountains. And we came out upon this place called Indian Head, which is this massive rock outcropping that looks out over an alpine lake. It's a stunning view. And I noticed several hundred feet below us at the bottom of, of this cliff that there were several houses there. And I was surprised because it was almost all national park. And I thought, what a privilege to have property here, to have land here that belongs to you. And I experienced, I heard in my heart, this all belongs to you. This is all yours. This is your inheritance. So I made my way down the cliff and I hopped into the nearest jacuzzi that I found there and helped myself to the fridge. No, just kidding. I didn't do that. So how our divine inheritance combines with property laws is a topic for another night. But the important thing is that when God calls us heirs, he really means it. He really means it. Unless we think that these are, are empty words, he proves it to us by giving us the very substance of our inheritance in the Holy Mass. He gives us the body and the blood of his Son. And as the letter to the Romans says, he who did not spare his own Son, but handed him over for us all, how will he not also give us everything else along with him? So God the Father gave us his son. What is he going to hold from us, withhold from us? What, what is he going to keep from us now? What good thing 
does he not want for us? He's given us his son. He's given us everything. He's made us heirs. And that's what Romans says. It says, how will he not also give us everything else along with him? So what is this everything else that constitutes our inheritance as sons of God? Well, the greatest gift which we receive together with the gift of his son is his mother. On the cross, when Jesus was giving everything away, when he was giving away his tunic and he was giving away his body and he was giving away his life, he gave away his mother to the church. Do you remember Mary and John were standing there at the foot of the cross? And Jesus looked at his mother and said, Behold your son. And then he turned to John and he said, Behold your mother. And from that moment, John took her into his home. She became not only the mother of Christ, but the mother of the whole church, our mother. In fact, the gift of his life on the cross and, and the gift of his mother are inseparable because he received his whole human nature from her. In an ordinary birth, in an ordinary human person, the mother and the father both contribute to the child's DNA, but Jesus had no human father. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary, and so his whole human nature derives from her. The body which he gives us on the cross and in the Eucharist, he received from Mary. It's all from her. It's wonderful to consider how closely bound they are, mother and son. You know, for nine months, the oxygen that ran through his blood was from her lungs. And his body was sustained by her body. And when he was born, he wasn't taken from her. Rather, he was entrusted to her care, and he only became more like her. Because what do children do? They watch, they imitate, they mimic. And so Jesus, surely he would have seen his mother, and he would have imitated her, and some of his expressions and the tone of his voice, he would have absorbed it all and integrated it in his own way. Jesus received his whole divine nature from his Father. Everything. His eternal attributes, his omnipotence, his holiness. He received it all from his Father. And he received his whole human nature from Mary. How good, how lovely she must have been. That the Father would choose her to furnish a human nature to her Son. And she is good. She is lovely. Beyond any other creature in heaven and earth. And she's our mother. In his incarnation, Jesus became our brother. Making us sons of God. And also sons of Mary. And today I want to invite you to take Mary into your life. Just as on that day before the cross, John took Mary into his life into her into his home so let's pray together now mary you are
the mother of Jesus and our mother. And today we invite you into our life in a deeper way than ever before. We entrust this new year to you. We entrust our lives to you. Come, Mary, and be a mother to us. Amen. Amen.